When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Kamara. Oh yes, Kissmas in July continues right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm so excited. It's my favorite time of year. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend Chris Sinzak. Happy Kissmas in July. Same to you. Is it also your favorite time of year? It is. It's nice. I kind of like, like August too. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, August is good. It's That's good. coming up. It's good for a Christmas hangover. For sure. <laughs> for sure. This has been a rough one this year, but yeah. I mean, man, hotter than hell in the studio right now. Yes. So that's that's at least in theme. It definitely is July in Tennessee. So we've been working hard. We got the expo coming up. We're doing doing Christmas in July. We're always having a good time with that. Last week, man, I gotta say, mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah. That, that was, was so episode. cool to get to learn something about Peter Chris that you, you just really don't nobody really knows a whole lot about that. Yep. But now I feel like we're a lot smarter KISS fans mm-hmm. after last week and hanging out with Mike. And being a Nashville native, it's cool to to hear about, you know, him being here during that period because I was growing up here at the time. Yeah. Yeah, very cool stuff, man. I love it. I love Christmas in July. Today, we're doing something a little different. We're going to talk to a bunch of different people here, and we're going to find out about everybody's first kiss. Yep, first exposure ever to kiss, and uh, yeah, this is a very interactive episode. Yeah, so we got a lot to get to. We're going to get to that. We got any Facebook reviews, iTunes reviews? I can't even read what the heck this says. It says well, it's from Podchaser, but I can't read it. Yeah, we're doing a little... I see five stars. Doing it a little different this week. Um, Podchaser is this new uh, website. It's uh, You know what IMDB is, Internet Movie Database? Sure. Yeah. So it's like you can read ratings and reviews of movies and stuff like that. Yeah. It's basically like a podcast version of that. So this is like Rotten Tomatoes of podcasting? It's very similar. Okay. Yeah. A lot of ratings and stuff. And um, our friends from Growing Up Rock kind of, they've been championing it lately. They had one of the, one of the guys from Podchaser on. And so I checked it out and we're on there and, and uh, right we've, on. we've already got some reviews on there. So I thought maybe this week we'd read a Podchaser review instead. Okay. Let's hear it. So this is a five-star review. Let's see if it's good. Comes from Rocker Chick NY seventy. Says great, knowledgeable guys with a super fun show. They've inspired a host of other podcasters, including Growing Up Rock, CGCM, and Cobras and Fire, to name a few. Even better, they host a killer rock and pod expo in Nashville, which brings together rock and metal legends, podcasters, and music fans from around the world. That's awesome and all true. Thank you, Rocker Chick NY seventy. Pretty cool. Is that good or bad that we're known for spawning guys like CGCM and Cobras and Fire and stuff like that? I'll claim it. I like all yeah. those shows. I mean, we could be in trouble someday. 
be know, in trouble. They could come back to haunt us. They're going to want us to pay child support. <laughs> <laughs> we owe somebody something. Right? But yeah, no, I'm ha- no, that's cool. happy, we ha- happy with all of our bastard children, as yeah. I like to say. And I like that pod chaser. That's a good idea. It's a cool cool website. It's very user-friendly. I, I went through it. I rated some shows, and I'll be checking it out more. So, yeah, go to podchaser.com. Go and look at Decibel Geek. Leave us a review there, and I'll probably read it, read it off there. Right on. It sounds like it's a good place to learn about other podcasts, yep. too. You might be interested. That may be along this same vein of what we're doing, or... Maybe you're into something completely different. Maybe you're looking for that great, awesome knitting podcast or something. <laughs> Crochet cast. So cool. S-E-W. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're onto something there. Okay. Too bad we can't sew. We could serve. We're going to spawn a bunch of knitting podcasts now. <laughs> oh, boy. Now we are in trouble. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's cool, man. Pod chaser. I like that. Yeah. Good stuff. So, um, and we do have Facebook reviews, but I forgot to put them on the document. So we're not going to have that this all week. All right. Um, but thank hey, we're you. We're a little for, disheveled yeah, this week. I don't know what it is. But thanks for, for all the reviews and thanks for all the listens. And uh, our other favorite people, the geeks of the week, these week are the people that share it on Facebook, retweet it on Twitter. Last week's episode about the Alliance with Mike Hutchins. So much fun. Yeah. Geeks of the week this week are Martin Hillstad, Samuel Wetzi, and Molly from Rocket Metal Combat, Kiss Army Sweden Destroyer. Brent Tibbetts, Bill Elam, Dave Shirt, and Dave Shirt, and Dave Shirt, Dan Nation, Anders Sunderland, Scott Stein, Mike Hutchins himself shared it. Kevin Williams, Steve Wright, Mike Parnell, Cap'n Bucky's Riff Station. That's cool. All right. Uh, Gino Ames, Shane Paisley, Trapper Crane, Shannon Harris-Sullivan, Reese Lett, Stephen Atchison, Paul Watson, Ernesto Aguiar, Save Rock and Metal, Paul J. Kane, Adam Cox, and of course, the, the Mooger Fooger. Yes, those are our friends, our people out there sharing, retweeting, getting the word about the Decibel Geek Podcast out into the streets of the internet so that everybody can learn about it and enjoy it. If you love this week's episode, if you love Kiss, if you love all the stuff we talk about here, you know what? Support us. Just get out there and tell somebody about it. Yep. You know, isn't that what King's X said? If it moves you, tell somebody. That's right. Yeah, you got to believe them. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what else we got going on? Of course, Rock and Pod coming up. Well, I guess we'll talk about that a little bit in the break because yep. we got some cool new announcements coming up for that. Some <laughs> really awesome things <laughs> I'm super stoked about. And, uh, of course, as always, check us out on Facebook. Uh, Adam Cox over there always making it interesting and sparking some great conversations. I, I'm always amazed at some of the stuff he comes up with to ask people and the responses like you know who's who's the this what they were talking about this last week who's the band that everyone seems to love that you hate what Mm. awesome responses to that some of them i was like spot on right there 100 percent, i agree with that yeah Mm. rem does suck what's wrong with everybody else why does everybody love this band you too yeah they're awful why does everybody love this band and then you know and then there's other ones i see where it's like what you can't say that they suck so it's always cool you know facebook our facebook page is always sparking debate and conversations you know and that's that's a lot of fun because what do rock and rollers love more than rock and roll nothing but what's the next best thing arguing about rock and roll you know yeah. who's better? Who's the best? Who's the worst? You know, yeah, you can, this band's better than that band. You, you know, we yeah. always have done that. You can you can keep your political arguments. We'll do these, right? Yeah, for <laughs> They're sure. They're a lot more fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. So, are you ready to find out about people's first kisses? Yeah, here comes a whole bunch of calls with you. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, who's this? This is Aaron Camaro. 
dude. No. Oh, damn. I totally forgot about this. Holy <laughs> crap. What's up? What's going on, man? <laughs> it's the Decibel Geek. Well, do you need time to prepare? Uh, no. I didn't think no, so. I do not. I did not think so. All right. Well, we're doing this just real fast off the cuff. Um, what was your first exposure to Kiss? Okay. So my first exposure to Kiss... Um, was probably back when I was in eighth grade, which was around when, would you say, 2009. So I think Sonic Boom had just come out in that year. And wow. this is like when I just dove headfirst into like hard rock and heavy metal because I would listen to whatever my mom had on the radio and she listened to country and that drove me absolutely freaking nuts. <laughs> so I ended up finding a local radio station here uh, in Dayton, Ohio, called 104.7 WTUE. And every Saturday night, they have a Kiss Goodnight block of nothing but Kiss. Awesome. I heard Crazy Night for the first time, like, ever. And I was like, man, that actually doesn't sound half bad. So I was listening to that, and they played uh, Detroit Rock City. And then they went to the whole, you know, the whole Kiss feel of playing all their hits and whatnot. And I was like, man... I got to find more stuff from this band because that was actually quite the experience. Very cool. Right on. That's how radio's supposed to do. Yeah. I hear you. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for your su- your uh, support over the years. And, yes. and thanks for supporting the Expo. And we're going to have you on soon for a full episode to tell your story. All right, man. That, that sounds like a plan to me. All right. Awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, no problem. probably around 78, 79, I was four or five years old, and I'd go, uh, I had this uncle, right, this older, cooler uncle, right, like, you're lucky if you got an older, cooler young uncle when you're a little kid, right, so (laughs) I had one of those, he was about five, six years older than me, so I would go over to my grandma's house, and I would go looking through his record collection, right, and I remember looking through his record collection, and then just seeing he had that first Kiss record. And just seeing that cover, those four faces against that black background, right? Like I was five years old, it just blew my mind. So I took the record and I, I put it on. And as soon as the, you know, the first track strutted off that record, it just blew me away. And I just what, sat there in front of the speakers, you know, like mesmerized for an hour, played that record twice or something like that, and just stared at that cover. And then like after, uh, after it played a few times, I remember going up to my uncle and I was like well, four or five years old. And I just was like, could I have this? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and he was like, yeah, you can have it, you can have it. So uh, so I took it home, and that was the first record I ever had. And, you know, I played that record, you know, constantly. And, uh, you know, I was a Kiss fan uh, ever since at that uh, that very young age, you know. Corrupted for life. <laughs> yeah, I could totally relate to That's that. That's right. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, thanks for sharing your memory with us, and I will see you in a few weeks. All right, guys. See you awesome. there. Thanks, man. Thanks, Lee. For a living, you know where we go. 
I guess first Kiss experience was I had uh, the Psycho Circus action figures, but didn't really know they were a band, just thought they were cool toys. Wow. And then my aunt just um, thought, hey, I need to take this kid to his first concert because he doesn't know anything about music. And so I went to Kiss and Poison 2004 Rock the Nation tour. Nice. Didn't know anything about the band or any bands in general. 14 years old. Uh, my aunt was sick, so my dad took me instead. And um, it, was a, it was a fun, cool show. I didn't realize that it wasn't the original lineup because I just saw four guys with makeup on stage. I'm like, yeah, these are totally the original guys. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be? Mission right. accomplished, yeah. Gene Paul. <laughs> So that is, you know, I feel like I'm proof, like, hey, a casual person who doesn't really know much about the band will absolutely assume it's the originals because, I mean, that's what they're trying to do. Even if they say they aren't, that's definitely what they're trying to do. Right. <laughs> sure. Cool. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's cool to hear from – we're hearing from people of all ages today, so it's really cool to hear your, your take on it. And I will say the Psycho Circus action figures are awesome. They're even better than the album. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed they didn't wear those outfits because those would have been really cool stage outfits. And to me, that's, you know, looking back at the history of the band, if you go from the 70s, you know, it's always like new album, new outfits. And, you know, the reunion tour, them going back to the Love Gun outfits was cool because it was like, hey, it's a throwback. But then it really, like, once you got to Psycho Circus, it established it's a nostalgia at the band isn't moving forward anymore. Exactly. And that's why Sonic Boom and Monster didn't do as much for me because it felt like the band was reaching backwards rather than reaching forwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get like that. for me, the last great Kiss album is "Live to Win." Wow! Oh wow! It's good talking to you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Jay Shablewski? Yes, this is Jay Shablewski. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. What's going on, man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys? Real good. Doing, we're, uh, we're doing our Your First Kiss episode, so what's your first exposure to Kiss? First exposure to Kiss. Now, uh, I got to let you know that I grew up, I have 15 brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ. And I'm the second youngest, so... <laughs> I, and 11 sisters are older, so... I know what your, uh, your parents' favorite hobby is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Polish and Catholic, so there you go. I'm right there. Um, <laughs> one of my sisters was a, a really good artist. You know, she would do a lot of sketch sketch artist type, type stuff, and uh, she, she would draw all these, you know, the Kiss guys. And I'm like, what is that? You know, I'm probably eight years old and I'm just like that, that I just didn't understand like, like comic book stuff you know mm -hmm. and uh, one year we did, we did like a, our school had a, uh, a talent show type thing and my sisters did a dance to the song Beth you know they did like a pantomimes or you know the their faces painted white and doing that stuff and but I heard wow. that song so many times I just could not, you know, it's one of those songs where you're just like, I've, I've heard it enough. 
and this is, you know, back in the day, you yeah. know, that would have been my first, you know, exposure right there. So wow. that's an interesting I don't know what, getting into them. Hearing Beth over and over and over again because your sisters are getting ready for the down, over. dance show. <laughs> yeah. And I never knew that never knew that they had anything else besides that until I was probably a senior in high school. I'm like, wow, these guys got a lot more stuff. And then, <laughs> you know, from there it, it went on. But, you know, Beth kind of turned me off, to oh, be honest with you. So. Oh, wow. Why, why couldn't <laughs> they have been doing their pantomime gig to uh, Cold Gin or something, right? <laughs> it was a Catholic school. <laughs> yeah, you're not be touching no cold gin. Only the priests are allowed to touch that. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, that wow. is awesome. So, so we need to do your second kiss episode and have Jay back on the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna. Yeah, I love you guys, oh, man. Thanks, brother. So we're gonna see you in a few weeks at the expo, right? Absolutely, turning fifty on that day. Oh, Indeed. nice. Awesome. We will toast one in your honor, my friend. Absolutely. Beth, I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. Me and the boys are playing, and we just can't find the sound. Just a few the tone please record your voice message when you are finished recording you may hang up or press pound for more options hello my name is aaron i'm calling from the church of kiss and i was just calling to see if i could speak to joseph capone to see if you've heard the good news ace is back and we told you so all right <laughs> that's great joe answer your phone yo uh, the resurrection of ace Frey. <laughs> Oh, three days later, he staggered again. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's rock and roll. Hello? Is this the infamous Andrew Jacobs? This is he. <laughs> What's going on, man? It's Aaron. I got Chris here, too. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going, guys? Real good, good man. Thanks for, thanks for calling. I appreciate uh, you including me on uh, on this Oh, no problem. So uh, yeah. so it's the subject is your first kiss. What was your first, very first exposure to kiss that you can remember? It would be my, in uh, second grade, um, and this were, this is uh, 1977-ish, 1978, probably it, one of those two years. Um, uh, it was actually in second, it was in my second grade class. I remember um, the the teacher had gathered all of the students uh, together for. We had what was called free time, and uh, oh, and uh, also this was in uh, Irvine. I was we had just moved to Irvine. My family and I we moved from Irvine from New York, and uh, the teacher had gathered all of us together, and uh, they were going over like I guess uh, what we were going to be doing. I guess for the remainder of the day. And I remember this vividly. There were some kids in the class who were just like, really just totally like, can we, can we please listen to kiss during free time? 
Wow. And yeah. I mean, they were just, they, they, they wouldn't shut up about it. And so uh, the teacher was like, yes, yes, you can listen to Kiss during uh, free time. And um, I did, at, at this point, I didn't know what Kiss was. I thought, originally I thought they were talking about the, uh, the, Paul, uh, the Paul McCartney and Wings song, Jet. Because at the time, I thought instead of saying, you know, that song, Jet, I thought they were saying Kiss. So I thought they were, oh, they want to listen to that Paul McCartney and Wings song. Um, But uh, so free time comes around. And the one song that I remember hearing during that, uh, that time, the first Kiss song that I recall hearing was Shout It Out Loud. Right. Um, and, uh, I believe one of the kids had brought in, uh, the Destroyer, um, LP. Um, and so, uh, we listened to, they, I assume they played the whole record, but I only remember hearing, uh, Shout It Out Loud. So, and, uh, and then from there, I, I started hearing from friends about Kiss. Of course, I was way too scared of Kiss at the time. I didn't actually become a fan until 1993. Wow, and then I guess if, if that if the, my first uh, I guess kiss that counted was when I received uh, the uh, double platinum CD from uh, BMG Compact Disc Club <coughs> on uh, October eighteenth, nineteen ninety three. Received it in the mail, put it on. Strutter se- Strutter seventy eight kicked in, and I've been a diehard Kiss fan ever since. That's very right cool. on. talking to people about their first exposure to Kiss. So, Gregory Muse, what was your first exposure to Kiss? Wow. Uh, let's go on way, way back to uh, the summer of 76. And I'm trying to think the specific time, but I know that um, um, it had to probably be for the uh, the commercial for the Originals album. Because mm. uh, that, that was my first Kiss album, and uh, I had to pull weeds in the backyard to uh, earn the money to buy that bad boy. Oh, yeah. And, and anytime I got, you know, just, oh, God, I don't want to go out there and do this anymore. This is stupid. I don't want to do it. That stupid commercial would come back on, and that live footage that they were showing everything else, I'd, I'd run right back out to the backyard, and I'd start pulling weeds again. And <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Took me, yeah, it took me a full week, and then I remember picking it up. Uh, 
at uh, at the Cerritos Mall at the time. That's where I was living at. I think my dad took me. And uh, I remember buying that bad boy and coming home and, you know, tearing it open and throwing the first album on the on the turntable and just giving that thing a spin. I, you know, at, at that point, everybody, you know, at school and what have you, they were everybody was into Kiss, so it made it real easy. But to have my own, you know, my own Kiss album and to uh, just listen to that, I remember it was a hot day. I remember just baking in my room, just, you know, blasting the tunes on my crummy stereo. And uh, and that's pretty much what started it for me. I was I was in hook, line, and sinker. I mean, it wasn't much longer after that. I got the the whole Spirit of '76 tour poster and threw that up on my wall. And I can I remember distinctly it was like that WKRP moment because my uh, my family goes, you know, what the hell is that? <laughs> and I go, well, that's Kiss. And I would say within six months, my room, you know, was covered from floor to ceiling with Kiss posters. So. Awesome. A lot of fun, you know, back then. It's definitely a, a different time and what have you, but uh, uh, great memories of, of the band and and pretty and then trying to catch up on all the back catalog, you know, as well. Even at that point, because there were still a few albums out, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, good times. I mean, even all these years later, and uh, it's nice that there's still a kiss around and uh, that we can all enjoy them. And, and the fact that you know here we are, good lord, for some of us, well over forty years. Uh, that we're still digging the band and we still, uh, you know, we're still talking about it. It's still relevant. And I think, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Jesus Chrysler fan hotline? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't think this line was still active, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've been manning the line for about uh, 10 years with no calls. So so it's just yes. as busy as the decibel geek hotline. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're good. Good. So we're getting everybody's first memory of Kiss. What was yours? Well, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, right before uh, I actually tried out for Kiss right before Bob Kulik. Really? <laughs> but but nobody talks nobody talks about that. You no, know, the guy so. before Bob Kulik. It's always like Bob Kulik and the Nates. You know, I was damn near there, and then Bob Kulik was you know apparently going to push me out of the way, and then Ace pushed him out of the way. So. Wow, the things you learn here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Uh, now, my first uh, Kiss experience uh, um, was uh, my sister and I were uh, out Christmas shopping with my parents in 1977. It had to be late November, early December. I don't remember exactly when Kiss Alive 2 came out because I was a child, but... Um, in a rare a moment, my parents, uh, like, were, you know, trying to keep the peace, like, just pick something out, and you get you guys can each get a record. I picked a Haunted Horror record, and my sister picked Kiss Alive, too. And we got home, we listened to my record, and we listened to hers, and uh, we never listened to mine again. <laughs> uh, I listened to hers all the time, and that pretty much changed my life. I mean, it, it literally has been, like, the first domino in everything that has happened since then. Wow. Uh, that record was huge. Like I, the, the guitar tone, the sound of Paul and Gene singing, 
it was it, it it was my Beatles. It was like it, it just changed everything for me, and almost everything that's happened in my life since then has largely largely been based on that moment. I mean, uh, Kiss is you know still my band as much as I like to make fun of them or. You know, you know, are am disappointed in some of the decisions they've made recently. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. You know, when it mattered, they were my guys, and uh, I'll never, never be able to replace that. So very cool. That is awesome. I love it. And we're gonna see you in a few weeks at the Rock and Pod Expo, correct? Absolutely. I already have a drink. I have my uh, <laughs> my plane uh, ticket, uh, and I uh, I plan on being at the airport on time, so yeah, I should be there. Yeah. Okay. I'll make sure that you get, <laughs> I'll make sure that you get your guarantee. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> and uh, while we have you, on, yeah. And and you have a new record out, so go ahead yeah. and, and pimp your new album while we're here. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, Jesus Christ is my band. We just released a record about two weeks ago. It came out on. Uh, January or July 11th. Sorry, the both months start with J. I got a little confused there. Uh, it's the follow-up to Make Bold Statements. It was meant to come out much quicker because they're kind of sister records. They were recorded together. But, uh, yeah, it's available everywhere. Please check it out. Uh, go to iTunes. Go to Spotify, whatever. Jesus Chrysler, Make or Deny It All Later. And Make Bold Statements is out there, too. I think you should listen to them together. Before we get back into the conversation, talking about people's very first kisses, how they discovered the band, the hottest band in the world. We're here talking to you from the hottest studio on the planet. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) Do we sound disheveled this week? We are. We're sweating and we're tired, but we're here. We do our best to always keep up, you know, and Mm -hmm. sometimes we slack a little bit and we don't ever come out on a certain day. But, you know, the beauty of that is subscribe to the Decibel Geek podcast so that we can surprise you. You don't know what day it's coming out, but one day you might wake up and ding, ding, there we are. Surprise. Enjoy the Decibel Geek podcast today. Hopefully it makes your day a little better. Yeah, we... uh we do our best to get an episode out every week, but, you know, sometimes stuff happens. And yeah, it's The amount it's been of a personal tough. stuff going on between both of us, wow. Uh, I'm you buying guys, a house next week. I'll yeah, just put it that you way. You guys wouldn't believe it unless you were a VIP on Patreon because then you would already know all about it because yeah. those are our inside people. Those are the ones that get to really know Chris and I. You know, they get, the, get more of our personal sides. You know, when we're here doing Decibel Geek Podcast, we try to be all business. Mm-hmm. Very proper we are like that. But when it comes to VIP, man, we kick back, let loose, you know, and talk a lot more freely and talk about stuff that, frankly, we're not going to talk about on the show as we did these last couple of episodes for the Chris and Aaron show on VIP is definitely stuff that, yeah, you're not getting that on the regular episodes. So 
When we're talking inside information, I think you know who we're talking about, so... Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Most likely you do. Think pink. You want to help us out? Hey, help yourself out. Help yourself to a whole big backlog. I think we just put up the Chris and Aaron show number 79. Yeah, so you get all of that when you... Yeah, all that and a whole lot more because there's a lot more stuff besides just the Chris and Aaron show. Chris and Aaron is just our, you know, just talk about whatever show. And that's for our VIPs. They get that because they want the extra content. So, you know, if you're tired of waiting on the regular Decibel Geek show to come out, you always got the VIP to rely on. And we're we're really good about that. We're a lot better about that than I ever thought we would be. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Yes, we are. That seemed like a huge undertaking at the time, but really it's so fun and easy that it's just fun and easy. Yep, definitely. And so if you like fun and easy, you should definitely check us out at Mm patreon.com. Look up Decibel Geek Podcast, become a VIP, get all the extra stuff. That's good. Cool. So we want to talk a little bit about Rock and Pod real fast. Yeah, man. Okay. Tell me about your Yvonne. I, 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 yeah. I had a feeling you were going to be excited about that. Shit, yeah. Uh, it was really cool how that came together. Um, on the the uh, Nashville Rock and Pod Expo Facebook page, you know, we get messages from time to time. And this guy named Chad Roberts just sent me a message out of the blue like a week or two ago and said, you know, you guys should get Erie Vaughn from Danzig to come to the expo. And I'm like, well, yeah, that would be cool and all. Yeah, He's like, cool. you know, he lives in Nashville, right? I had no idea. And I was like, no, I didn't know that till you just told me. That's really great. And he's like, yeah. He's like, you know, you should message him on Facebook or on Twitter. And that's so why I sent messages. And I didn't hear much back because there's not a lot of updates on there. And I'm not friends with him on Facebook. So I'm like, well, this will probably, nothing will happen. So I, uh, talk to Baco from Cobras and Fire and, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I found out Erie Vaughn lives in Nashville. And he's like, really? That's cool. And I was like, yeah, it's like, it'd be cool to get him to come to the expo. He's like, well, definitely. He's like, well, you know, I'm talking to him soon, right? For Cobras and Fire. And I'm like, oh, nice. you are? He's like, yeah. I was like, well, fuck it. Mention to the expo. He's like, I will. So he mentions it and then he messages me back goes, here's Erie's email address. Send nice. him an email and he goes like, yeah, sounds fun. And he, apparently he hangs out at Nashville Palace regularly. Oh, wow. So he's like, yeah, I'll be happy to come and, and he's going to come and Baco and him are going to do a Q&A on stage. Kick ass. So yeah. That is going to be and awesome. And he'll have a, Erie's going to have his own vendor table there too because he's selling books and shirts and stuff. Yeah. So uh, That's yeah. one thing like after that was announced, I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, you know him from Danzig mm-hmm. and, you know, Sam Hain and stuff like that. Yep. But I had no idea. He's got a bunch of solo albums out too mm-hmm. i got to go check those out now so i just yeah. added a whole bunch of to my want list and, and yeah. i had no idea and if yeah and the new episode of covers and fire is part one of the of a long form interview that Baco just did with him and, nice and he he likes to talk like he's got cool. lots of lots of good stories so uh yeah i'm excited to have him on stage at rock and pod and that's so cool told, that all comes together yeah and i told chad so hats off to you buddy uh, you you know you and he Chad didn't really know anything about podcasting, so I'm gonna be sending him links to stuff. And uh, yeah, he just he uh, he heard you and me on Metalworks last year. Yeah, and that's how he heard about the expo. And then he was following it, and that's when he messaged me. So oh, wow. he's a, a newbie to the podcast scene. But yeah, we've been talking and helping uh, out already. Yeah, what and, a he, guy. and he's gonna come and bring his son with him, and uh, we'll get to meet up. And uh, yeah, and we're also gonna be doing Metalworks again this year. Oh, we are. Yeah, I Kick have to ass. talk to you about that still. But nice. yeah, but, awesome. Uh, but, I love yeah, Lonnie. A lot of. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of promo stuff in the works for the next few weeks. Okay, cool. Even though I'm in the You got to give me some of them new, shiny, awesome flyers, too. Did you bring yeah. them with you tonight? No, they're at home. Oh. <laughs> I, 
Well, maybe we can meet up before the weekend. We can, yeah. I'm off this weekend, so maybe I can get out and hit some record stores. That would be great. I got Great Escape last Saturday. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. And I dropped some off with our friend Buddy. All right. So you guys, I guess the question then comes to you. Are you guys ready for Rockin' Pod 2? It's coming up real soon, yep. and we want to see you there. August 25th, Nashville Palace. Pre-party concert the night before with Frank and Punky from Angel Tour Tour, Ron yeah. Keel and Greg Mangus All Stars. I'm so stoked for that. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and uh, and then the comedy show the night after. Yeah, it's gonna be great. That's I mean everything's so exciting. It's hard to pick one thing. Oh, to and be the most after party that Ian and Ralph are hosting. Yeah, after right Black after, Hair on. Black Hair on. If you guys are Denman. fans of Rock and Metal Combat podcast, yep. you know about Black Hair on because those guys love yep. that band. Well, they're actually gonna be here that night. Uh, and they're Cade. and. Yeah, Jacob Cade, young Shredder, he's awesome. A band called uh, Nightwake that's uh, that just got added to the bill, and then, right uh, then Denman closing out the night. Sweet new rock. Yep, coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. How you like that? Yeah. So we ready to get back to phone calls? I think so. Is there anything else? I think that just a, there was just a handful of small Amazon purchases this week. Okay. Well, we appreciate anybody that does their shopping on Amazon and does it through our link. You guys know how it works. You do your shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but by going to decibelgeek.com, clicking on that banner, and it's letting, you, letting it take you to Amazon mm-hmm. to do your shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps us out a little bit, but it all adds up, and we appreciate it. Yeah, and I'll just mention the, the music purchases real fast. Right. Uh, Sons of Texas Forged and Fortitude was bought, hmm, Okay, and the new D. Snyder for the Love of Metal was bought. I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about that. Yep. Yeah, like maybe album of the year contender. Really? That's what I'm hearing. I'll have to check that out. Uh, me too. Yeah, I haven't had a chance. I'm like, my life's insane, man. I hate it. I know. One of these days, I'm going to listen to music again. <laughs> what you guys are hearing right now is our reprieve. Well, you're listening. When you hear us on this, this show, a lot of times, this is our chance to put the rest of the world on hold and right. just do something fun. And yeah. we thank you guys for tuning in because you know what? Without you guys listening, it wouldn't be as fun. You know, yeah. without all the friends we've made over the years doing this, it wouldn't be as fun. And, you know, just to take us away from the insanity of life sometimes, just to be able to kick back and say, you know what? Merry Christmas in July. And, you know, this is probably the end of it because I think we've run out of time in July. <laughs> <We have. laughs> but, you know. We're always going to talk about KISS. We're always going to have KISS content coming your way. We may not be a KISS-exclusive podcast, but damn it, we love the band. And, of course, you know, if you're doing your shopping on Amazon, go buy a bunch of KISS stuff. Yeah. You know, these guys are coming to the end of their run. Let's, let's show them the appreciation now that we're getting there towards the end mm-hmm. that, you know, of all the years and years and years of awesome entertainment this band's given us over the years. And you know what? God bless KISS. Yeah. You know, they're still out there doing it. They're 70 years old, running around in 50-pound boots, you know, still doing it. Not as easy as it once was, but damn it, KISS don't give up, and neither will we. Real good. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, thank you. Awesome. So uh, we're getting everyone's first memories of Kiss. So what is yours? Oh man, uh, my first memory of Kiss is seeing the commercial for Double Platinum on TV, oh. and convincing somehow—I don't know how I did it—convinced my parents to buy it for me. 
And uh, actually, it was my uncle that ended up buying it for me for my fifth birthday. Right. And uh, I have a very distinct memory of him handing it to me in the backyard with this kind of tissue paper over it. I knew what it was because you could see the... Uh, the red text that said double platinum bleeding through the tissue paper. Yeah. He wasn't a very good rapper. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it was, uh, it, it was crazy. It was, I knew, I feel like I knew nothing about kiss at that point, but, uh, I, I saw the commercial and I was like, I need to, I need to have more of this. And, uh, I, my memory, my very first memories of kiss were, were just listening to that record over and over and over again. And then, um, in October, finally seeing um, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park on television until I was uh, scared and had to turn it off. But, uh, wow. yeah, absolutely double platinum. Very cool. Nice. That's awesome. And uh, we're going to see you in Nashville at the Rock and Pod Expo in a few weeks, right? I will totally be there, and I'm looking very forward to it. Are we going to get another um, performance of Charismo? Uh, I, I believe this year, if all goes according to plan, I'll be upgrading to God of Thunder. Okay. Well, you can do the Cookie Monster thing, so I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Man, right, cool. after jam at Rockin' Pie is always a lot of fun. It is. What's going on? So, first kiss memory, what is it? Well, I was going through my sister's room, like going through her eight tracks and cassettes and stuff, and I found a Kiss Destroyer eight track, and that's what I first listened to Kiss on was an eight track. And you still have that eight track? You've shown so, it to me. Yeah, I still have it. It's in a shadow box wow, on my wall, track. and I played it. It's still playable. I mean, so the eight that's track the funny that thing. Like when when people talk about looking at a vinyl and seeing their picture well i saw their picture on about a four inch square and i was still like enamored by it so yeah yeah and it wasn't it was probably about another month after that that one of my cousins started showing me vinyl and stuff like that so that was in probably january of 77 so it is, and then it is. Uh, first time i first time i saw him i went to the one of the houston summit shows in in uh, 77, whenever that was, November or whatever. Wow. The so famous show. I, saw him on the, I watched that on VHS that bootleg over and over again as a teenager. <laughs> Billy yeah. was there. I had both of them on DVD bootleg. Because so. I, I didn't know there was two until somebody gave me some bootlegs, and there's two nights. So I have them both on DVD. So I don't know which one I'm with that. No cool. idea. Cool, man. So uh, we're going to see you at Rockin' Pod so. in two weeks? Hell Yeah.
ever became aware of the band Kiss was when uh, my brother got Alive 2 for Christmas, and I was looking through the uh, booklet that came with Alive 2, and I was looking through it and stumbled upon the picture of, or the page of Ace's pictures on it. And that's the first thing that really woke me up to them and was like, oh, wow, these guys look like superheroes and they play guitars. How cool is that? So that was my first memory. That book that come with Alive 2. The Evolution of Kiss. Oh, man, that has got to be the coolest, one of the coolest things in the world of history to ever be printed. It was a smart marketing move to put that in there for new fans. Because you got to see the the way the look changed throughout the years. I I thought that was really awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's one of the reasons why I want to get a new version of Alive 2 because that thing is shredded to shit, (laughs) the original, (laughs) just from opening it and looking at it so much as a kid. And, you know, and that album, that album making the whole, um, you know, traveling from the States over here to Europe with me. So that's cool. So cool, man. So while we have you on the phone real quick, go ahead and plug Ear Peeler real fast. Uh, Ear Peeler, your uh, podcasting news destination site. If you're a, a podcaster and notice that um, you know, you've got all these fun-loving fans coming to your site for the first time, it's a good chance that it's because Ear Peeler is plugging the shit out of your site. So remember that awesome. when you're thanking Blabbermouth and Brave Words and everyone else. Be nice and thank Ear Peeler as well. We love you yes. regardless whether your headline says – Lars Ulrich gave me a reach around an 86 or not. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's well stated. Although, you know, reach arounds by Lars Ulrich are pretty interesting to read about. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah? There you go. (laughs) No no further comment needed. All right, thanks. Yes, there you go. Enough said. Eric Sinzak, corrupter of younger brothers. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm holder of that title. <laughs> hey, How are you? That's me. All right. So I have. How's it going, guys? How's it going? Good. We got Real a good. we got a member of the family on the phone tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And we're not talking What's about up, mom Deadpool and dad. How you guys doing? How you doing? We're good. good. So we're getting everyone's first memory ever of Kiss. So what was your first memory ever of being aware of Kiss? Oh, uh, uh, well, first first memory of being aware of Kiss. Um, probably when I was, uh, man, I have to go back to elementary school. Uh, I has to be when I was third grade i remember going over and seeing a puzzle of peter chris and that was at my neighbor's house and she had this puzzle of peter chris i remember i thought it was cool kind of scary and she they were they had it at a yard sale and i remember thinking man i gotta have that but man i'm kind of freaked out by it but i want it 
So I remember getting that. It was it was a little puzzle of Peter Crisp, and then and then I didn't really know what it was all about, but I wanted it real bad. Yeah, yeah, and then you know the what, the, what happened with that puzzle, correct? I don't know if I've, uh, I, 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 you, oh, it's, you, it's, it's well known. This, this puzzle, know. this puzzle you speak of is well known legend in decibel geek circles. You got that. You got that thing. Are you, and you still I, have that? No, I don't have it, but no, I, th- this is long before I became a fan and you got it. And I remember staring at it when you got it and being weirded out by it too. Oh yeah. And I had awful nightmares that of peter chris with panthers and him letting the chains go and these panthers attacking me that's right i had terrible that's right you did that's this. right he had the two he had the two black panthers yes. that's right yeah yeah so yeah that's so, yeah yeah you were uh you were the reason i had a first exposure to kiss with that yeah. damn puzzle <laughs> that's right it's my fault it's my it's fault. Totally yeah. your fault so then how long did it take you to figure out what it was you know that it was a band and, and all that Oh, actually, you know what? I got uh, the next Christmas. I I, I was kind of into it, and then I got some color forms. I don't know if anybody remembers wow, what those were. Yeah, those were these were these like stick-on things yeah. that you got, and, and you know, seventies toys were a little wacky. You know, they they weren't the best things ever. No. <laughs> My son's looking at me like, "What the heck is that?" And he's they, they were just like this fold-out cardboard magnetic backing with a stage. You make and scenes. the they were these stick-on members of Kiss. It was Gene, Paul, yeah, you know, all of them were, you know, Ace and Peter, and you could put them all on this magnetic backing and they were just the magnetic figures and then you could put the instruments on them yeah. and put put everything where they wanted and even had like, you know, flames you know, for the whole set, and you could you could make the stage look the way you wanted it, and I thought it was kind of cool. You could you could put it all together. You could put your own stage production together. I thought that was kind of neat. So I had that. I got that for Christmas because I think my I think my mom thought you know eh, maybe he likes Kiss. So yeah. Wow. So at this point, you still you're you're getting all this other stuff, but you haven't heard the music yet. No, no, I didn't even know. I didn't even really have. I'd never heard the music. Maybe I had heard it over at you know, somewhere at an older kid's house or something, yeah. but I didn't really get it. I'm still probably only about maybe 10 years old, so right. I'm still getting getting used to it mm. and getting figuring it out. So, yeah, I think that... The, uh, the but then, it, you know, as I got older, you know, it's still coming along, so I'm still listening to other stuff. I'm not even getting into older music yet. I'm still listening to, you know, kid music at this point. Yeah, I think. Well, I think with Kiss, I think you're probably the first musical exposure you had was the current stuff they were doing in the early '80s. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, but I did get you know going over to the to a friend's house. I got a lot of the. Uh, I got basically bombarded with everything, like the whole catalog, mm-hmm. and all the way from you know the the first album through Dress to Kill through Alive. You know, and he, he was pretty much like, you have to hear all of this. Yeah. And then he gave me a live, and that was in junior high. Mm-hmm. And that's when I gave you a live. Right. I gave you, I was like, listen, you have to hear this. And it was like, because it's not really so much my cup of tea, because I was listening to a lot of other stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you would like it more than me. And I was listening to it, and I thought, I, I like Kiss okay, but I'm not. I'm not a huge Kiss fan. At the time, I was, and I wasn't a big Kiss fan. You were, but, you were a public enemy gave it, fan at the time. If I, remember right. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's true. I did. I liked rap a lot, and I was listening to a lot of other stuff. I was listening to Run DMC. I was listening to rap. I was listening, you know, to I was listening to a lot of pop 
stuff, top 40 yeah. things at the time, you know, some rock, but not as not, you know, not really classic rock, you know, just sort of, you know, just pop rock stuff. And, you know, it just really wasn't, uh, you know, kiss type rock, you know, yeah, not classic yeah. stuff. It, it so I gave Chris the, yeah, he, uh, he, he gives me, he gives me alive and and you know Eric is like he said he's kind of a surface Kiss fan at the time. Right. He gives me alive and then like within two months I'm like telling him who wrote songs and who played on certain <laughs> things. And he's and he's looking at him, he's like yeah yeah, that, that, yeah that's nice bro. What have I created? <laughs> Look what you created. <laughs> yeah yeah. Cool. Well it was it was it was funny. Well I'm uh well I I think I've, I don't think I've announced it on here but yeah you're coming to Rock and Pod in a few weeks and yeah you're going to help us run the show and. Uh, Looking forward to seeing. Yeah, you yeah, it's true. Yeah. Shoot, yeah, Sinzak powers combined. How can how can that go wrong? Well, it could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey, you got to keep. Yeah, I'm just gonna do my best to keep up with you guys. I mean, you guys are just gurus, rock gurus, and I'm just doing my best to to learn and, and follow you guys. I'm so proud of what all you guys have built with uh, with Decibel Geek. I think you know, you guys are just the bomb with everything you guys have created um you know and and since podcasting has just come along so far and i think people are just trying to keep up with everything nowadays with this uh, type of genre i think you guys have done a tremendous job and I, i'm really proud of you guys thanks awesome. man thanks man well, we will uh we'll have fun in a few weeks Heck all right yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be awesome Good man, how you Love doing? Love the show. Oh, thanks, man. Hey, you. Uh, All right. You, you sent a good version of your story, but I haven't told Aaron and spoiled it. So, can you share what your first kiss memory is? Yeah, man. I was. Uh, I guess I was in seventh grade, and uh, my uh, at that point the only concert I'd ever been to was uh, the uh, the Carpenters with Neil Sedaka opening. Wow. So that was my uh, my knowledge of rock and roll at that point, <laughs> and. Um, uh, my sister on the Jersey Shore and Boardwalk used to be these, which I guess they were probably on every beach at that point. Every had a Boardwalk. There were these booths that had big, like roulette wheels that were nothing but LPs. So when you won, you would pick, uh, your, uh, you know, an LP. And she picked the first 
Kiss album. Now this was '74. Nobody knew who they were, basically, uh, at least in my uh, universe. She she picked the album because of the way it looked. So huh. I I walked into her bedroom one day and saw this album leaning against her dresser, and you know, at 12 or 13, whatever it was at that point exactly, uh, you know, and not having any prior knowledge of them, it was just uh, mind-boggling what this could be. <laughs> and for me, uh, immediately, as soon as I put it on, that was it. I was hooked. Uh, I, I vividly remember lying on the floor with the, with the speakers on either side of my head, uh, you know, cranking that, that, that first album. And that, that album actually was without Kissing Time. Kissing time. Right. Oh, so that was an early... That was a pre, you know, uh, uh, intervention by Neil Bogart and Scott Scott Shannon, you know, for that contest. That was before, so that was an early release without Kissing Time. So I wish I still had that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was a pretty kind of a serendipitous, faithful kind of thing, and uh, and uh, so you know, kind of stumbling into it. So I've I've been a fan since '74, and. Uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty incredible. I remember taking it to junior high, seventh grade, and and uh, in my art class and playing playing it for people. And nobody, obviously, at that point, nobody knew who Kiss was. It hadn't broken yet, but yeah. So that was my chance, first Kiss. That's <laughs> really well. cool. That is yeah. super cool. What a yeah, that's a unique angle on it to, because I never see no contests like that where no. you go in records. But that's cool idea. Yeah. To get you know, because I mean, you got Kiss up there with all these other bands. If you don't know nothing about music. Who are you probably going to pick? Yeah, <laughs> visually it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back in back in the day, back in the seventies. I mean, you know, and they still have those those wheels on the on the boardwalks, but they're different prizes now, stuffed animals. But back then, I think there was, if I remember correctly, on Seaside Heights in Jersey, on the beach, there was uh, probably more than one. But I remember one. I could I could picture exactly where it was, and it was all LPs, and you just put your money down, you know, you pick the number and the guy spun the wheel and it spun the, the arrow. And if it landed like any other roulette, uh, um, if it, if, if it landed on the number of the square, then you got to pick an album. And she just, you know, saw that album cover and said, what the heck is this? <laughs> and she actually never really got into them. And I, I went in there and that, that album was mine from that point on. And, and that was just the beginning of, uh, you know, and I have those guys to thank for this, ridiculous pursuit of music that I involved myself with for my whole life, you know? Yeah. And we should mention you're playing, you're playing with Frank and punky from angel now, and you're going to be playing at the pre-party on yeah. August 24th for us. So, uh, we're excited to meet you, man. Yeah. Same here. I mean, we're really, we're really thrilled. And I don't know if people know, but, but the fans know the angel fans know, but the whole band, the whole backing band is comprised of, uh, huge Angel fans. Me and Danny and Steve and Charlie are huge Angel fans. We're not just—it's not just another like gig for us. This is really, you know, we've really come into this as, as huge fans, and we're we're thrilled every night to be playing with those guys. And they're just amazing, and they're the coolest guys. And and Frank and Punky are both so on their game still, and just sounding incredible. And the set list is really cool. It crosses most all the albums, and uh, with a few of their uh, new solo tunes thrown in, but. But we're really all kind of um, driven to to present them. You know, we're it's not Angel. We're not uh, we're not trying to be Angel, but we're trying to represent the Angel music as close to how it is on the records as possible. As fans, you know, we as fans ourselves, we're really trying to 
replicate the stuff. And, and I'm a huge Barry Brandt fan. I mean, I saw Angel three or four times back in the 70s. And Barry was one of my first drumming influences. And he's a monster. And he's somebody that every drummer, young and old, should really be exposed to. But for me, it's, it's like I really try to nail his parts for the fans, for myself, and also kind of tribute to him because I'm just a huge, a huge fan. So we're really excited to come down there and play with, with Keel and, and uh, Tor Tor and, and meet you guys. And, and we're really looking forward to it. Really yeah. Jazzed. So, yeah, it's gonna yeah be- we are too, man. Especially now, you got us all excited for it, man. I'm even more excited now than I was yesterday, but I'm ready for Rock and Pot Expo. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be an awesome weekend. And uh, we, yeah, we look forward to having you guys come down. We know you're going to blow the roof off the Mercy yeah. Lounge. That's been our, our MO, you know? So, okay. <laughs> so, and, and, with, with, and with Frank and Punky leading the charge, you know, the way the, 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 the way their uh, Punky's playing and Frank is singing, you know, it's just up to the rest of the band play up to their level and it's been really uh, and the Angel fans really seem to be pleased because you know we all want a full Angel reunion but until that happens this is this is um, you know how they're how are they going to see the, uh, Frank and Punky so so we're really you know looking forward every gig is really special to us and it's really great to see the uh, Angel fans and people maybe that aren't that familiar with Angel that, that are just coming out and, and checking it out for the first time or and get to see Frank and Punky, and and uh, so, yeah, we're really, really excited to be coming down there and, and hanging and playing for sure. Kevin Norris, uh, he was much older. I think he was 22, 23. And uh, I hung out at their house a lot. That's a lot of age difference between 9 and 22. But they kind of took me in like a, I don't know, a little brother. And uh, just walking into their place and seeing, you know, the Kiss posters plastered on the wall and, you know, the the 8-tracks. That's what they played. It wasn't vinyl or stuff that we listen to today but um 
Yes, it was a. It was about that time in my life that uh, when I first heard them was about that time. So was that? So are they into Kiss before they ever come to Nashville for the first time? Uh, Kevin was from West Virginia. Uh, yeah, but he had been here. Um, he. Um, I lived in Old Hickory out there. Uh, next to where Jimmy used to live in Madison. Yeah. And uh, that's where Kevin landed when he come to from West Virginia. He was uh, actually working at Nashville Sash and Door. Yeah. And um, he would drive from there all the way to downtown. But yeah, he, he come with them. I mean, he brought that music with him. And I guess that's uh, what he listened to uh, in his era, I guess, that he grasped a hold on uh, to chosen bands like we all have today. <clears throat> so so was, that, was that the same guy that took you to Mother's to see him? Yes. Yeah. Him and a guy, uh, I, an older friend, another, his name was uh, Joe Bird. And uh, he, looking back at today, I mean, that's been 40-something plus years ago. Looking back at today, Joe Bird <laughs> drove a, a yellow Volkswagen like Ted Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> we never knew that he was be like this serial killer look-alike, but Joe was he, was, he was a pretty cool dude. He was like Kevin. And Kevin had a roommate. You know, guys back then had roommates. Yeah. And uh, he had a, a friend named uh, Ricky Croston, which was a good friend with me, too. Like I said, they took me in as like a little brother. But... Um, yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was all into that. A kiss was a big thing in his life, and that's where I, I re actually picked up the drums. Yeah. Mm -hmm, from him, he had an old Ludwig kit, and uh, he um, he traded a '55 Chevy pickup truck for it. Oh. Wow. And he had it at this place, and that's what I would do. That we would go in there and get plastered at nine years old. And uh, they would get wasted, and I'm here playing the drums, and they're just, oh yeah, that sounds good. But Kiss would be blaring in the background, and that's where I picked up a lot of stuff. But uh, yeah, he was really into it, and my, my friend uh, Ricky Croson. I mean, they had the posters on the wall, and that's what got me hooked on being a Kiss fanatic. Because it seemed like after that, that's where my life headed. I wanted to be like that. Yeah. So. So do you remember the circumstance in going to see that show? Yeah, we was, uh, he got it, he got uh, the idea. They always like to go out. And uh, uh, Kevin, like I said, was downtown, working downtown yeah. uh, at National Session Door. And he heard about it through, um, at that time was, um, WKDA, he heard it on the radio, so he went and bought uh, tickets to go see this, or it wasn't a ticket like you would buy at a concert. Now, I remember it being like a little, um, like a movie theater ticket back, you know, with a right. cut half of them give you the half, yeah. but it was like, um, I remember seeing 98 cents on it, and I'm like, what? You know, 98 cents, what is this? But, yeah, he, he scored some tickets. I think it was for me. It's 40-something years ago. It was me, him, and Ricky Croston. It was supposed to be Joe Bird, but Joe couldn't come over that night. Joe was the outside friend. He didn't live there. 
But, uh, yeah, I was in the back of uh, this old truck riding down the road with them going downtown, and my mom was like, where are you going? I'm going to a KISS concert <laughs> at nine years old. Yeah. And it was pretty wild. But, yeah, um, the it was... I don't know if the building's still there today, but some years later, um, I think it's some kind of like carpet shop or something. Yeah, but what it used to be after it was Mother's, it was um, a hardware store. Yeah, it was called Carter's Hardware. So this must have been a pretty small place for like. I mean, you you picture Kiss in the big arenas with the explosions and all that, but yeah. Mother's must have been a pretty small place, huh? Yeah, it reminds me of like if you would see. A, a country western movie where these guys pulls off the road and there's potholes in the parking lot and it's muddy and gravel. That's what this used to be. Yeah. I mean, it was just a gravel parking lot when you went into this place. And I'm like, we're going in there to see Kiss? Come on, boy, you're going to freak out. So, I, you know, I just tucked my tail and went on in. And, yeah, it was, it was a good place uh, for me to... I guess learn about it a lot because that's when I left from there I said that's what I want to do I yeah. want to be a famous drummer but some years later after thinking about all that what you know the opportunity there for history for me what I can remember of all of it that night because I mean it was a place where you know uh, you didn't see nine-year-olds right and I was fortunate to be there to see Kiss at that time uh, to, to see uh, what I know about them now, all the original band members being so fresh at what they did. Right. I mean, that had to be, you know, some of their first things to getting together like right. that. Right. Well, was, that was part of their first U.S. tour, and they rolled into town with a station wagon and hauling a trailer. In Tennessee. Yeah. You didn't think that in Tennessee. Maybe, you know, somewhere in the Bronx or, you know, closer. Right. You know, but... Not Tennessee and not off of Hermitage Avenue and Lebanon Road. You right. know? <laughs> and you know, for for what the, what I remember of it, it was a dynamite uh, thing for me uh, to see. You know, them on this little look like I'm t looking back at it, this little stage compared to what they go on now, right? Or yeah. you know what they've done before, but. Uh, seeing them, uh, I remember trying to peep around people and see, uh, which my favorite was Peter Chris, uh, trying to uh, just to get that glimpse of uh, the drum kit or, yeah. you know, I think he did a solo and uh, it was uh, at that time my friend picked me up. I was nine, but he picked me up where I could see it because he knew I loved the drums. Yeah. I fell in love with that and uh, uh, for that to be happening it again nine years old was a little you know far out for me that and it was just it was awesome and and some of the the i want to call them <laughs> what we have now is the pyrotechs it was you know they still had that yeah but it wasn't as elaborate as it what is today sure uh, so i think one of them went off uh different or some of the stuff that they had was looked like it was malfunctioning, but I didn't care. Right. I just wanted to see that. And, you know, seeing this guy, uh, uh, Paul Stanley, sticking out there and singing with this star plastered on one side of his face, and I'm thinking, why not two stars, you know? But, <laughs> <laughs> but that was nine years old. Right, yeah. But it wasn't uh, 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 a big deal for me afterwards knowing about Kiss Paul Stanley, you know, and then I started 
uh, you know, a group and I'm different. You know, he's the singer. Oh, he's wild. He's he's cool. You know, he plays the guitar. You know, and then there's Gene Simmons, the dragon dude. You know, and to me, seeing Gene back in my memory of it, I mean, he was this tall, skinny dude, but now he's a little different. And I'm thinking, golly, man, I seen him at that time, and he looked totally different than he does now. Yeah. And you know, Ace so back back when they were all starving, trying to. I make guess. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and in these costumes, you know, you you think about. I'm sitting there, man. How did they make this stuff? Because I'm only seeing stuff like this at Halloween. Yeah. But to see these guys come in there and do that, and I think we we was there hour and some odd minutes. I don't really remember. I know we wasn't there. It felt like that to me. We could have been there two hours. Um, but uh, I think there was somebody else that come on before them. Or they was first. I can't remember exactly how they went with it. But I only remember my memories of that because, I mean, that's like everything. You only remember certain things. Sure. And uh, for me to see them at nine years old and me being as old as I am now, some of it's kind of faded. I don't remember what we did afterwards or, you know, the kind of what led up before then. But uh, I know my friends, they, they drank, which I never did that at nine years old, but I did do some other stuff. But uh, just to see them... And how they took in this as being adults at 22, I couldn't imagine me seeing them at 22 at that time yeah. because I, I seen them later on in life a few times after that and uh, had the opportunity. Uh, my wife and I, our first place was just around the corner from that building when we first got our own place for yeah. the first time. And uh, I used to sit out on that back porch and remember and, going down there at nine years old at this place and seeing Kiss, man, wow, you know. And, you know, to be able to see the, the instruments that Gene played and what he plays now was was totally different. You know, the bass guitar wasn't as elaborate it was now as uh, uh, Ace's stuff, you know, uh, the, the, the big boots Gene used to wear with the eyes, you know, yeah. uh, was a little different that night. It didn't have the eyes or right. the teeth. Yeah. Uh, but uh, everything was so much simpler then because they were making it all themselves. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I hear now of it. But uh, as far as being seeing all that and and actually led me up to you know every kid dressing up like them. Yeah. Uh, me and my friends we would do it. Uh, I introduced uh, after a few years. Uh, of growing up with Kiss, I introduced them to some of my friends. Like I was introduced to them. They, right. you know, they they've never heard of Kiss, this band I was listening to, and you know, they were, oh man, what is that? And I remember when uh, the I was 15, 14. Uh, I remember coming to uh, Miss Auditorium, and I, I said, oh man, you gotta go see this. And my best friend Dennis, uh, and uh, it was just. Oh man, it was all over again seeing this, but this time it was like, I don't know, it's not saying they got their act together, they had changed for sure. me. Yeah, they evolved, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. Had more, you know, ability to have better instruments and bigger pyrotechnics and better costumes. And what do you think that was when you see them at Municipal? What tour do you think? Um, 
Would that have been like Rome Live 2 time? 78? Yeah. Yeah. So it had been with the stairs and the explosions yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that, yeah. Yeah, and another thing it was with that the cat is, risers. Yes. Yeah. yeah, the big cats on the, uh, Peter Chris's uh, stage he had. But uh, as far as all of that, I, uh, me and my friend, we always wanted to show up at these concerts early. We wanted to see people come in. We right. wanted to be up front. Yeah. And to be up front, that means you had to be there early. And sometimes we would, you know, at this particular show that night, Kiss Live too. Maybe. Uh, we was there like, I mean, half a day, man. We was there second, third person in line. Yeah. But uh, the thing from seeing them when I seen them then over there at Mother's to, to then was the crowds. Yeah. I'm like, golly, man, they have attracted a lot more people than when you was nine seeing them. Yeah, because by the late 70s, they were the biggest band in the country. Yeah. Yeah, and it really, uh, they were still my favorite. I mean, that was what I was living i lived it you know every day i you know played the albums several times not just once yeah and i say albums because that's what i had i didn't sure. have you know the cassettes i had eight tracks but uh when you don't have the stuff to play with you sacrifice back to the albums yeah. and i'd always wait till my mom left because i could just turn it up you know and and just to hear them you know over and over and over but that was for me, and uh, I got my friends into it, and uh, we, we enjoyed going to the shows, you know, and had, was unfortunate to be able to walk. We didn't, we was too young to drive at that time, but we get to walk to Miss Bartorium, and um, that was just uh, some good times in my life that I do remember a lot of, but I guess it's like every one of those memories that something like that really sticks to you. Sure. And uh, th those did, I mean, and just to see them then, and their big change to then was, uh, oh man, it was just awesome. That's super cool. Now, the listeners know you because I'm always talking about my awesome father-in-law. You know, all the time it comes up as like a concert will come up of like, oh, Aaron's father-in-law was at that. Oh, he was at that one too. Yeah. Last week we were talking to Mike Hutchinson from the Peter Chris Alliance, mm -hmm. and they were, we were talking about one for the sun. And I figured uh -huh. while we're sitting here talking about it, you were at one for the sun. I was. Do you remember uh, the Peter Chris show from that night? I do. Um, that that I, I, that was the concerts that I always made it a point to go to was because it was kind of like an end of the summer thing for for me. Yeah. And uh, I always showed up most of the time uh, by myself at that point because my friends uh, went off to uh, Tech College in Knoxville and. Uh, we was a little older, and uh, I, I had gotten my wife to go with me at that point, and her brother. Uh, but it was a it was a great time there that night, and it was, it was actually um, to have seen that, uh, and along with the other bands, it was there. But that was what I was there for was the Peter Chris thing. Yeah, and being a big Peter Chris fan, yeah. Yeah, because he's a drummer. He's he's one of my influences in my life, and uh, I learned a lot of stuff from him and uh, the, the licks that he had. It was it was I wanted to go see it. Uh, the new Peter Chris, if that's what right. you know, you could say, uh, but uh, n not so much as in another band with Kiss, but Peter Chris by himself in his band, and it was a, a little different from seeing all of that because it was really, um, 
a shocking to, to see him and his things that he does. Uh, I, I want to say solo, but I, I, that's not maybe because it wasn't very Kiss like. No, stuff no, he was doing. no. And he was even. Uh, did he play drums at all that night, or was he just lead singer? Uh, yes, he did play drums. Um, it wasn't a full set like he does uh, in Kiss, but he, he did say he did more singing than he did drumming, yeah. and that's what I wished he would have done a lot of the drumming part because that's right. what I was there for yeah. to see that. But and, and uh, the other thing was it was affordable for me, you know. I mean, I, like I said, these one for the sun concerts they uh, range from a buck to a buck fifty, yeah. and that was a good deal to see Peter Chris for a buck or a buck sure. fifty. I can't remember exactly what we paid, but uh, it was it was a great time. Uh, was there all day long, yeah. uh, into the night, and it was just uh, one of those things you got to. For me, it was your money's worth, and I, I, I definitely got my money's worth there. So how'd you feel about Peter Chris that day? I mean, being that he didn't do any Kiss songs. No, he and didn't. the stuff that he was doing wasn't hard rock at all. Were you no, disappointed? I, Were you? No, I'm not no. really disappointed because uh, in, in his drumming of it, well, you could still tell it was his thing. Yeah. I mean, as being a drummer, you know, you can hear the licks. The things that he did yeah. was still there, sure. even though he wasn't singing or playing like he was playing in Kiss. He was singing and drumming, but the thing of it was, he was still my idol. It was right. It didn't matter, you know. Uh, it didn't matter at all. The you know the makeup or anything like that. It didn't really matter because, like I said, he was my idol, and that's uh, what I come to see, and that's yeah. what we do today. We have those in her life but uh, yes I was unfortunate to see him do things and uh, uh, I'm glad I was there that is cool yeah because I mean those are two concerts right there the mother's show and even the, the one for the son in 84 with Peter Chris that a lot of KISS fans are probably pretty envious that you got to see that because I mean here there are just shows in in Nashville but I mean that mother's show is is historic yeah. you know there's so many people that wonder about that first tour because you know it's basically like you said in 78 77 around there when they blew up mm -hmm. then everybody knew who kiss was yeah. but when you've seen them on that first tour not everybody knew who that band was yet yeah. you know they were just on that first run just kind of showing people what they were you know and then people like you that got to see it they're like wow and then tell everybody else this band you know they're so much more than just a band you know yeah. you got to check it out so then by 78, you know, around in their late 70s, they're huge, you know, and everybody knows who they are. But pretty dang cool that you were at that mother's show because everybody wonders about that first U.S. tour because, like I say, not a lot of people went to it. I was, like I said, I was fortunate to have older friends that was already into that. Yeah. And uh, when, when I bought that uh, Kiss Live 2 album and opened it up because I was looking for this band that I seen then. Right. I was going to see the same band again. But when I seen all of that, I was like, oh man, this is way different yeah. from the first time. But the energy that they did that night over there at Mother's to what I seen there, it really wasn't no different. Kiss was Kiss. Yeah. And I mean, they always play good. I mean, you know, I go back and look at videos on YouTube and stuff and things that they did, but 
uh, it, it really, when I left that show, Kiss Alive 2 that night, I, I, it, it really didn't dawn on me to look and say, the older Kiss was better than the newer Kiss because I was saying the newer Kiss was still Kiss. Yeah. It, they looked different. Their costumes was different. The music was louder. Right. Uh, the groups was bigger. Yeah. You know, and uh, it wasn't... Uh, but in the heart of it, it was still Kiss. Still Kiss. Same and energy they had when they were yes. young on the way oh, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, that was the thing for me. I it was not awesome. even seeing them uh, before I seen this album, I was like, man, these dudes, they've got to be wired. Yeah. And, you know, seeing them after that, it was like, well, really, the only thing that's changed with them is their outfits, yeah. except their shows are bigger. Yeah. They've got the same energy. They've got more influence, because you could tell looking around, there was a lot of people there. Right. But it was the day of the T-shirts. You didn't buy T-shirts at Mother's, because they didn't have nothing like that. Right, yeah, um, I that, that I remembered. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, being, you know, from there to where I seen them last was the Kiss Alive too. It was, it was still the same for me as far as that I loved Kiss, and that's what it was all about for me. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.